Yeah, 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 yeah. This is the 20 by 20 podcast, and this is episode 81. And we are your host, Nathan McFly. Shemigo Woodrow, man. Shout out to the nation of domination. Yeah, <laughs> baby. <laughs> Yo, last week, everybody's like, what? Wait, what? <laughs> Always got to show, show gotta love. Show to love. Nation, gotta man. show love to the nation, baby. Gotta show love to the nation, man. And, um,. Talking about showing love, we got to show love to our boy Alexander from Phoenix who sent us these fly TWC hoodies, as you can see right here. The wrong crowd. Shout out to him. Good looking boy. He sent us hoodies, shirts. Went all in, bro. Thank you very much. We appreciate that. Yeah, that was love. Um, I wore the the hoodie to Henny Givens, our, <laughs> our annual Henny Givens, uh, which is the... We celebrate uh, friendship the day before Hell Day um, every year. We've been doing it for like nine years now. I think this was the ninth one. Nah, damn, ninth? I thought it was on 10, but damn, all right. Um, but yeah, so I was rocking the hoodie. Everybody was like, yo, I like that. Yo, I like that. I was like, yeah, that's what's up. Showing love. So shout out to him, man. Yeah, man. Thank you once again, man. Once again, thank you. Thank you. And also, a big thank you to... Our, our guest from last week, the Jabba Tears, uh, um, Stephen Pantelitis. Pan <laughs> <laughs> my nigga, Wild Heartbreak boy. Julio. Heartbreak Julio, what's good, my boy? Don't try this at home radio. Yeah, man, that, that was just that was just a uh, really dope vibe episode. Yeah, it was cool. You know what I'm saying? Cool. So, I mean, thank you to everybody that heard it. I mean, we, we got a whole bunch of more listeners off of that. Yeah, you know, and I'll hopefully you keep listening. You know, we got a whole bunch of stuff coming up. We have, you know, these last episodes before the new year. And yeah, man, we're trying to we're trying to keep it moving, trying to trying to get everything, you know, on the right path with you know conversation Fridays. Yeah, it's gonna be 2020 is gonna be the year of 20 by 20. <laughs> That's all I gotta Word. say. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Cheers Word. to that. Word. Shout out to a little bit of the Johnny. <laughs> word, 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 word. But um, what else? What, oh, Griselda, the Griselda album came out. Yeah, what was it? What would uh? What would Sheen do? They got the uh, Doctor Birds joined on that. Yeah. They I have Chef Dreads. I haven't listened to uh, to it in full. I heard like the intro, and then you know I knew the Doctor Birds on already. But I'm gonna get back to that. Griselda is always dropping some fire. Uh, your man Westside Gun got some shit going on with HOG next week. Yeah, next Saturday is gonna be it's gonna be fire, man. Niggas trying to be in the building for that one. Oh hell yeah, hell yeah! They got Rick Flair in the yeah, building. Rick Flair gonna be in there, so the drip gonna be in there. You know, what I'm saying? you know, gonna be in there. So um, also, Charlie Caruso is gonna be in the building. Okay. From WWE, uh, they got a whole bunch of other people. I mean, they got a big match. I think that's gonna happen there for the Crown Jewel Championship which is going to be TJP, also known as TJ Perkins from WWE, who's holding the championship at the moment. He beat the Luchador Mantequilla. I love that fucking name, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I wish they would have called him Manteca, but yo. He beat him for the Crown Jewel Championship at their last event, and he's going against, uh, what's his name? Um, Ken Broadway. Mm. Cashflow Ken Broadway. Yeah, he's going against him. It should be really dope. Okay. 
And they have a couple other people. They got Mason Wright coming back. The Lucha Brothers are going to be there defending their HOG tag titles. We don't know who against who, but it's going to be fire. I mean, they got a lot of people coming in. And HOG's always doing this. They've been doing this for a couple years now. Can't wait. Can't wait. December 7th. If you haven't gotten your tickets, go get them. Even if you want general admission, it's only $20. $20 and you got all these people in the building. Word. It's well worth the 20 Trust me. Trust me. But uh, let's get let's get into what's going on in uh, professional wrestling right now. So we just went through Survivor Series weekend. We had the Survivor Series pay-per-view. We had NXT War Games. And this whole weekend was so action-packed, starting off with NXT. And NXT started off hot. Their, their match with... Um, Garza and Shane Strickland, not known as Shane Strickland, he's Swerve, but uh, Isaiah Scott, but oh my God, bro, like these two are stars in the making, you've seen it there, Garza just needs to garner more heat from the fans, as did Eddie Guerrero, as that type of like, you know, Papi Chulo, I'll, I'll still fuck you up type of shit, word, word. you know what I'm saying, and he he's gonna make it, he's gonna be a great heel, great asset for that company, I think, man. Yeah, I mean, yo, shout out to NXT for fucking putting on a fucking dope-ass show at War Games. Yeah. And then coming through the next night at Survivor Series and just fucking cleaning house. Cleaning house. NXT was the winner of the weekend. They were the Nation of Domination. (laughs) Words. Yo, NXT. Shout out to Nation of Domination, man. But uh, yeah, man, like they they came through, they made their mark, and I'm glad that they gave them this weekend, the whole weekend, not even only the whole weekend. You could start off with the week, like on Wednesday. Adam Cole is that nigga right now. Adam Cole is the best bout machine. I'm sorry, he better get that number one spot on the PWI because what Mm. he did starting off this whole thing, this whole storytelling and gearing up into the Survivor Series weekend by defeating Daniel Bryan, going against Seth Rollins, but there was interference in that. Um, Having a ladder match before TakeOver in order to get um, the advantage for his squad in War Games. The bump he took with fucking Gargano. I mean, not Gargano, sorry. With Tommaso Ciampa off, off the cage. Tremendous. Then he goes the next night, defends his title, and beats Pete Dunne. If you guys forgot, Pete Dunne had the longest reigning, longest title reign in the company's history for the year. Over 500 days, longer than Brock Lesnar with the Universal title. And he went out there, put on a show, beat him. I mean, what more do you want from this guy? You know what I'm saying? That's crazy. I never really... Paid attention to it like that. Yeah, man. And then you got Keith Lee. Keith Lee had a star-making performance, not only in War Games, but also at Survivor Series. A lot of people are saying that he should have won and, you know, he should have been the sole survivor. It would have been a lot more. But at the moment right now, they're they're grooming Keith Lee to beat that. So for him to be able to showcase his talent, eliminating Seth Rollins, forgetting about that. Eliminating Seth Rollins and then going one on one with the big dog at Roman Reigns. Like, even Roman Reigns gave him his props at the end of the match, which even 
gave him more more momentum going into Wednesday after that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like Keith Lee had his moment. Even even though he lost to Roman Reigns, he still had a moment that he needed in order to go into that next that next bracket over at NXT. Yeah, from when I first seen Keith Lee, man, he was impressive. So, like, to see the progression and to see where he's at right now, yeah. where he's taking it, like, where he's going... Again, you just got to hope that, you know, they just don't fuck up because yeah. they got the perfect momentum going for this guy. Right up. And I think with the people, you know, driving driving that NXT NXT wheel, like, yo, dude, I feel like that it's not going to happen. You know, I don't feel like they're going to fuck this one up. No, you know yeah. what I'm saying? We hope not. We hope, we hope not. not. Yeah, we hope not. And it's just like he's he's changing chance in, in the NXT arena. You know what I'm saying? Like. Before it was the whoop whoop too sweet like that. They used to they do that for the villain, you know. If you don't know who the villain is, Marty Skull. They do that for him. That's his too sweet chant when he was part of the Bullet Club. But now you hear it in the NXT arena. They would say whoop whoop Keith Lee, whoop whoop Keith Lee. Like <laughs> people are getting and and the crazy part about everything. And I know everybody said, "Oh, this is where it's gonna fuck up." Vince McMahon took a liking to this motherfucker, bro. You gotta, you gotta like it that a fat dude could do all this athletic shit. Word. Shout out to the fat niggas out there, baby. Jumping through the ropes, <laughs> jumping off the ropes, jumping Moonsaults. over wrestling. Yeah, like he's doing a lot out there. Like he's not just like, you know, fucking just some big man that that can tumble like fucking uh. Like the Viking Warriors. This is the oh. Warriors, heavy machine is one of them. Well, my son does a <laughs> the Viking, the Viking Raiders. He does a fucking uh, what's that shit called when you fucking um, what's that shit? Cartwheel. A car, he does a cartwheel. Everybody's like, ooh. <laughs> my son Keith Lee is out there looking fucking looking like a cruiserweight, looking like two twenty out there, nigga three twenty for real. Shout out to Keith Lee. Word man, shout out to Keith Lee. Definitely had a star making moment. Another one. Another individual that had a star-making moment was Rhea Ripley. Now, Rhea Ripley has been on the same type of, like, warpath as, like, Adam Cole, where she had star-making moments where she beat Bailey and Charlotte in a triple threat match. It wasn't for the title, but she still came out on top right. on SmackDown. Like, think about it. This is a show that's on primetime television on Channel 5, and she came through. She She helped. And defeated the odds at war games when two of her peoples went down and then one person got jumped and turned on her. And she still came out on top. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Survivor Series, same thing. Came out on top. She defeated all the odds. And I feel like they're prepping her. They're prepping her to take that title away from Shayna Baszler. Because that's another person that they're they're grooming as well. Shayna Baszler. Shayna Baszler is, a, is fucking amazing in the ring. And I'm telling you right now... And the NXT Women's Division is the best women's division in wrestling. And after watching War Games, of female War Games, this was fucking phenomenal. Like, these, these ladies put everything on the line. It was just as good as the men's War Games match. It was probably one of the best War Games matches I've seen in a while. And that's a lot because last year, this year, the year before, it was all fire. You know what I'm saying? For what these what these ladies are doing, man, yo, much respect, much respect to them. I mean, definitely. You know, you know how I feel about women's wrestling. I know how you feel, but yo, you can't deny this one, though, man. Honestly, I I can't. I can't. I can't deny Baisley. Uh, not Baisley. Baisley. <laughs> Shout uh, out to Baisley PJs. <laughs> and Ripley. Rhea Ripley, yeah. Yo, I 
can't deny them. Like, honestly, like, their little feud right now is fire. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, the promos that they had on Dynamite were fire. On Dynamite? Damn, bro. Shout out to to the sponsor. Shout out to the sponsor. (laughs) That they had Wednesday on the NXT. Yeah. It was fire. Yeah. You know, so actually, like, you know, because me, again... (laughs) I'm not gonna hype up these women if if they're not doing that thing. Same thing with the men. Same thing with whoever. Um, Got you. And a lot of the female wrestling does not impress me, but I really really enjoyed that match. No, definitely it was it was fire. And I'm enjoying fire. and I'm enjoying this feud. And um, all I gotta say is that AEW better step it up, man, because that woman division is looking super trash. Oh yeah. Super duper trash. You know what I'm saying? But but most most of the women wrestling is super duper trash, bro. Nah, not most. Yo. Not most. With the exception of what AEW's um what NXT is doing right now, what else is going on in, in, in women's wrestling? What else is going on? I to be honest, it, it's not it's not looking like the potential it has. Since, I'll say that. Since Ronda left WWE, to me the women's the women's division got a little quiet. It had its little moments, whatever, like, if you hype it up enough. Yeah. But since Ronda left, it's been way less than when when she was there. But NXT is holding it its own with new talent. And that's, you know, I can appreciate that. All right, all right. I got you. Okay. Okay. That's just me, though. So we also had the Survivor Series, the main pay-per-view, right? What... What match kind of stood out to you when when look, looking back at Survivor Series? What match did I mean? I mean, shout out to uh, shout out to my shout out to my nigga <laughs> Eskimo Joe, aka Roderick Strong. <laughs> uh, he came out on top. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that was a that really was good match. A dope match. That was a really good as match. As we expected it to be, but yeah. it was actually like better than I than I really anticipated. So I would say that match stood out. And I know I know Harbor Coolio was real happy to see Roger Sean take that. So his brother? Yeah, man. His brother from another his <laughs> <laughs> <DNA> brother. <laughs> but also another match that stood out to me, and it was on the pre show, bro. Was Leo Rush defending his cruiserweight championship against Akira Tozawa and Kalisto? This, this is the type of shit I love, bro. Like them, at least giving the cruiserweight title some type of shine. Like you got three great guys in there, and to be honest, this match was under ten minutes, and they all got burned. Like in the best of ways, like they all got they all got to show what they could do. But they need to have this like go around the go around the brands, man. There's just certain titles that should be around the brands. Certain titles, as we've been saying for weeks and months on end, they should be, you know, combined because of the way the way everything is looking. You know what I'm saying? But you know, we're not gonna talk on that anymore because I mean, we talked on that way too maybe, much. Maybe with this, you know, with the with the inter intermingling of the fucking and the brands. emotions and brands, yeah, that they'll. They'll think about doing some shit. Hopefully, like man. Hopefully. But uh, another match that stuck, stuck out to me, and I can't believe this shit was under 10 minutes because it was action-packed, was Brock Lesnar and Rey Mysterio. This is one that I said last week that I was really looking forward to. I was hoping Rey was going to win. 
But Brock came out on top, of course, but Brock sold for the man, bro. Like, you can tell, you know, like, Brock knows what to do when he's in that ring. If he's going to be in there with a bigger nigga, he can't sell for a bigger nigga like that. Because, you know, like, these niggas got to go blow for, you know, blow for blow and, you know, fucking big move after big move and all that shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, him with Ray and what Ray was doing, you know, bringing out objects, beating the shit out of him, even had his kid there with him, did a double 619 on yeah, Brock. That was, that was fire. And then the double frog splash. That was fire. You know, like, that was dope. I was so fucking dope, Wait, man. Shout out to Samuel Mysterio, man. Samuel He's Mysterio, brother, shout man. out, bro. Yeah, I, you know, I thought you was going to turn on your papa. <laughs> but it, was good, it was good to see that you um you held it down. You held definitely, it down. That was a good frog splash. But... Well, all that like said, <laughs> well, all that said, uh, I think the weekend was a success for WWE as a whole. For sure. You know, showcasing what NXT could do on the main stage to bring more fans over to that Wednesday night uh, programming. It was beautiful. Like, if you're, if you're not watching NXT after this, then I don't know what the fuck is going to make you want to watch. What did you think of uh, The Fiend versus Brian? thought it was a good match. It was a good match. It was a really, really good match. Are you getting used to the red tent, the red lighting? Uh, it looked. I don't know if they did something different with the red lighting. I don't know if it's a, if it's a little less extreme red, but it it wasn't that bad for the eyes this time around. Yeah, like it didn't look blurry to me. I don't know. Maybe I'm going blind. Who, who the fuck knows? But I I felt like it was viewable this time around. I thought it was a good match too. You know, but still, I'd rather not have the red lights. Regardless. I mean, now, at this point, would they turn off the red lights? I think that's going to be the new going uh, forward. Like, they have to, bro. After a while, they got to turn off the fucking red lights. They got to. What do you guys think? I feel like they got to turn that shit off. I don't think so. I feel like they got to turn that shit off, bro. But uh, after, you know, NXT, War Games, and Survivor Series, they were saying that Vince wasn't happy with the main event at Survivor Series. That... You know, he felt like it felt like more of a filler match, the the triple threat match for the woman. I mean, I thought it I thought it was a good match, but I feel that it was just so much action happening in the beginning of the pay per view that that match would have would have looked better in the middle of things while you know the crowd was still hype and everything. They would have they they would have loved the high spots of the match because the match wasn't bad. I don't think the match was bad. But why Why is it that we keep putting main event, female main events? Like, again, you know. Nah, we I don't keep females. it. This is the second time on a pay-per-view, if I'm females. not mistaken. All right. Well, I love females, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, my man. That Daniel Bryan female should have been the main event. It's your or, even the men, or even the men's Survivor Series match. Or fine, yeah. Or that, which was a really good match. Yeah. Have that shit. I don't know, man. I, I, I get it, but I don't get it. Like, was that storyline more bigger than any other storyline going on leading into Survivor Series? Was it bigger? No. That's what I'm so. saying. So what was the... what was the? It was just... It, it was part of the main story, which is, like, which brand is better type shit. You know what I'm saying? Because if... I think, I think if SmackDown would have won that, it would have been tied between SmackDown and... And uh, NXT would have been 3-3. Mm. I don't know. Um, 
I agree with Vince. I mean, I, I definitely wouldn't have had that as the, the main event. I don't know whose call that was. But, you know. That's how I go, B. Shout out to WWE <laughs> Divas every Tuesday. <laughs> it said Divas every Tuesday. <laughs> but uh, now we have the new week of wrestling. This year, like you said, it's like fucking wrestling overload every, overload oh. every fucking week, bro. Bro, that... That fucking Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Mm-hmm. It was three important fucking days of wrestling. Word up. Jesus, in a row. So, we got Seth Rollins come out and basically shit on the whole fucking roster. His little baseball outfit. <laughs> yeah, no, it was Jordan. He had his name, like Chicago, like the script Chicago, like the throwback Jordan jersey. Oh, that's the what 23, it was. yeah. Because, you know, he's a nah, big yeah, Chicago I, sports I saw fan. That. I saw that. He's a big Chicago sports fan. He's a Bulls fan. Head. He's a Bears fan. Whatever. Fuck him. But uh, he comes out, and he just start calling niggas out, bro. He's like, a- he's like AJ Styles. He's like the phenomenal one. What happened last night? You weren't so phenomenal. And then he's like, the shit that caught me off guard is... He's like, you know who disappointed me the most? Like, if he's the fucking man that runs the fucking show and shit. I mean, he's like, Rey Mysterio, the GOAT. He's like, you were the biggest disappointment of the night. He's like, I beat Brock Lesnar twice in the past year. Twice. He's like, you couldn't even do it with the stupid kid. <laughs> I mean, obviously, Rollins has been on this heel, this little heel move. Yo, little by little. Yo, and then when the camera turned to Rey, you can see Ray mouthing off at him, and he's like, fuck you, Seth. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was good. I showed raw emotion right there. Nah, yeah. I mean, again, man, Rollins is he's good, but it's almost like you don't know what to do with this fucking guy. So and it's he, like spots like this. Yeah. He, it's it, awesome. It works. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. fucking perfect. He called out Charlotte and told her that her father's looking down on her. Damn. (laughs) (laughs) But and then he told Randy Orton he was the weak link of the men's of the men's survivor series match. Yeah, he he said that. Uh what else? What else stood and he called (laughs) he called fucking uh what's his name? Kevin Owens. He called him Mr. NXT. He's like, yeah, you didn't care about us. He's like, you care about your little show over there on Wednesdays. <laughs> he's like, he's like, you're fat and lazy. <laughs> I'm like, damn, nigga. He said all that? Yo, this nigga went in, bro. Went in. Seth Rollins went in, and then he gets stunned for it. So, I mean, I love it because it showed true character. It showed who he is. Like, this is him. He's a fucking asshole. Like, let him be that. That's his best bet is just to be an asshole. If you like him or hate him, but he's just an asshole. He's like, fuck it. Who cares? Right. I'm thinking, I'm sitting back and thinking, I'm like, okay. He, he's he's basically going at everybody that lost. Don't, 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 don't. My man, your wifey, your, you know, your fiance lost. Like, it would have been dope if he would have called her out to him. Like, babe, babe, I love you, but this ain't working out. You're a loser. <laughs> <laughs> they added that to the story now. Right? That would have been fire. That would have been fire. Oh, man. Nah, they do that, and then they show up to a fucking the ESPYs together again. Like, Come <laughs> on, man. But this shit was over between you guys. Yo, that would have been good. A little bit of the Johnny. A little bit of the Johnny. 
<laughs> Shout out to the sponsor. Shout out to the sponsor. But yeah, man, he should have he should have broke off the engagement yesterday. I mean on Monday. Shit. Definitely should have. But uh we see a slow heel heel turn with Seth. And it seems like they're inserting AOP to the storyline, which I really love. Because AOP came down during the match between him and Kevin Owens. Instead of beating down on the both of them, all they did was beat down on Kevin Owens. And he's just, like, looking at it. He's like, come on. Like, telling him he's ready for the fight. But AOP's like, nah, man, nah, we good. But if this is what it's going to turn into, them three together, it, it should be really dope. That could work. It should be really dope. He goes back to the chicken shit heel that he could be. And every time he has that big title, goes into a match, he just wins by fucking cheating. Amazing. Why not do that shit now? Just do it now, bro. You know what I'm saying? Why not? Fuck. Another thing that really fucking grinds my gears. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> See what type of time we're on right now. Yo, fucking Brock Lesnar is going to be off television until January. So basically, all through fucking December, we're not seeing the, the guy who holds the top title in the whole company, the WWE Championship. And they're saying they're, they're trying to groom somebody, at least for him to face at uh, Royal Rumble in January. If that's the case, understandable. It could be a slow, you know, like not, not even slow. You can't even call it slow, but it could be a storytelling thing where somebody gets red hot and calls him out. Cool. If that's what if that's the case, I'm totally with it. But if that's where they're going, who do you think should fit that uh that spot? I don't know, man. Honestly, I'm just so over this whole like somebody gets hot and calls them out shit. Like, let's bring a little substance to it. Like, maybe give a reason why Brock Brock Lesnar's not gonna be around. So when he comes back. It's like, oh, shit, he's back. But just like him just not being on TV, just like them riding around that the fucking world champion is not fucking going to be active for over a month. That shit is fucking corny, bro. But what if this person that they're building for that spot actually gets it done? But who are you going to build? Like, ask yourself that question. I asked myself that question. I'm like, all right, who has enough, like... Star star power at the moment, potential in order to be in a match against Brock Lesnar. Two names popped up in my head really quickly. Kofi. Lee. No, Kofi Lee. <laughs> <laughs> a triple threat match between Brock Lesnar, Kofi Kingston, and Keith Lee. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Did we shout out the sponsor? <laughs> <laughs> nah, but like uh, the two names that I thought about and I think makes sense would be AJ Styles or Randy Orton. Now, the reason why I say AJ Styles, AJ Styles just lost the US title to Rey Mysterio. Understandably, Rey, I mean, come on. Raise the goal. He deserves a nice little title run. Let him have a nice little title run with a mid-card title. Let him bring up the mid-card title because, as we see, Shinsuke Nakamura on SmackDown is doing tag team matches with Cesaro and not even defending the IC belt. Seriously. Which is crazy because the IC belt is fucking beautiful and, you know, the history of it is ridiculous. But AJ Styles now has time. 
He, he can have time to build up that momentum that he once had as not only a fighting champion, but somebody that could go against a bigger person. Like, he's done it before. He had a great match with Brock, like, I think it was, like, about two years ago at Survivor Series. And he just, he just, just lost to Brock. It wasn't, it wasn't a dominating match or nothing. He just lost to Brock. Okay. So I feel like they could go on that, on that, on that route. And then he has his two boys backing him up. They could definitely go that route. Or they could go the route of Randy Orton. Randy Orton had a match with Brock Lesnar about three or maybe four years ago around there for Survivor Series. Great story told leading up to the match. Brock Lesnar opened him up and they had to call off the match because Randy was bleeding profusely. Mm. Crazy amount of blood was all over the fucking place. And they just had to stop the match because of that. And then they just moved on from there? And they just moved on from there. Jesus Christ. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, there was, there was also reports after that match how Chris Jericho went went up and, like, got in Brock Lesnar's face. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? That's not how it's supposed to go. Oh, no? Yeah. You know, like... Oh, that after, wasn't at, work? That wasn't after work. he opened them up, he just kept going. Mm. Also, I mean, I don't know if it was a work or not, to be honest. Who knows? The only people they know is whoever... You know, like, call that match. Whatever agent was working on that match. Whoever the, booked it. Yeah. Whoever booked that shit. But, you know, like, from, from hearing those reports about how this nigga, like, stepped up to Brock Lesnar. I was like, yo, what the fuck's wrong with you? You know what I'm saying? Like, That's real. That's real shit right there. You know what I'm saying? But I feel like they could work that into the story. That's another thing that you could work in because it's already built there. It was just put out a hole. You could reopen that page in that book. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And... I mean, come on. Everybody knows, yo, listen, Randy Orton is fired, dude. On the mic, in the ring. For sure. He could, he could definitely give Brock Lesnar a great match. He, even if these two don't come out on top, you still have a great segment and a great match for one of your big four pay-per-views. That's what I think. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, <clears throat> yeah, I, and I guess, and I guess those make sense, but... I just, I just, I want more. I want more. You want more? I want more. But I man. feel like if one of those two win, you'll definitely get what you want. I want more, man. I want a bigger fucking storyline. I want, I want this shit to be like something legit. Because it could be revenge. It could be a revenge story for both. AJ avenging a loss to Brock. Randy Orton never getting to face him. And avenge that, avenge that TKO, basically. <laughs> they need to be like the Randy Orton fucked. Oh, shit. <laughs> Sable? No. Because uh, that's wifey right there. I know there. that's wifey, but not his sister. Brock Lesnar's God. sister, whoever she is. If he has a sister. Brock She's a Brock. What the fuck is she half black? <laughs> You have you have fucking Orton talking that yo, I smashed your sister, what are you gonna do about it? And then they start feuding, that'll be fire. <laughs> Cause I have a sister. <laughs> He's like, I understand. I understand the rage if somebody would tell me I that. I would be team Brock in that in, in situation. But nah, I don't know. Like something just like something to just make it more more real, just not just your spice fucking, it up. Yeah, just or they can have Heyman turn on. Yeah, something like that. I mean, it's, it's happened before. Something it's happened before. Man. 
uh, years back when the Big Show faced Brock and Heyman turned on Brock and aligned with Big Show. Mm. You know, it's happened before, and I feel like people are waiting for that type of moment because it, it'll tell a good story. It'll it'll have Brock as a as a face for the first time in a while. What was uh, Paul Heyman's reasoning for turning on Brock? Do Yo, dude, it, it was years ago. I can't remember that, bro. I can't remember. Uh, well, if definitely you, gonna if you know, that. shout it out in the comments. Yes, please man. shout it out in the comments because I can't remember that one right I now. Need, I need to know these things. <laughs> and why? Why do you need to know these things? Because you are the... I'm the noob and, you know, <laughs> it adds to my foresight. You know, it helps me, you know... Understand the shit. Yeah. Okay. Well, I need you to help me understand what the fuck happened on AEW. Okay. So, AEW, don't get me wrong, great programming... Every Wednesday. They have some stellar matches, fire matches at, at, at points. And, you know, it's just it's just a real, like, genuine good show. Yeah. But I see that every time they, they introduce, like, a new act, new talent, they don't do it right. Like, the debut to certain... They don't do that shit right. You know what I'm saying? Like, the debut of The Dark Order. It wasn't done right, but it was still interesting I at, thought at was, some point. I thought that was dope. Yeah, but it was it was interesting because of, of everything around it. Like, the makeshift fucking throne that they make out of fucking people and stupid shit like that. I'm like, all right, all right, cool. But then, this week, we get The Butcher, The Blade, and The Bunny. And they, like, came out the ring, right? Like, dogs. Right? They came out the Yeah, it, it was weird. Like, and then you heard it on commentary how weird it was. Like, Excalibur was trying to make it seem like we should be fucking entertained by what's going on and we should know who these people are. And then Jay, fucking Jim Ross was like, the butcher. Who the butcher? Yeah. I never heard. Who is this guy? <laughs> I was going to ask you, do you recognize any of them? No, like, I don't, man. I really don't. I mean, the bunny, that's Allie. Like, I, I've, I've seen her... And I think she was an impact, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. And, you know, just through indies and stuff like that. But, but the other two, the, the Butcher and the Blade, the blade. nah, my man, who are you? And then they came in and they were they just looked like generic wrestlers. Yeah, they were wearing, like, fucking... All black. Eyes wide shut, masks. And yeah, shit. like, what the fuck, dude? Oh, okay. Okay, Illuminati. I don't know. I don't know. I, I just feel like that shit through. And in the crowd, there was no no reaction from the crowd. Yeah, they didn't know what the fuck was they, going like, on. Like, if the crowd, and these are supposed to be, like, the the smarts of pro wrestling going to these shows, if they don't know what the fuck is going on, they, people at home don't know what the fuck is going on. So it was just like a dead segment, and you did it with your top star. I feel like that shit was... And then, my nigga, let some shit like that happen on, on fucking Raw or SmackDown. Let me guess. And niggas, and niggas come out with some fucking bum-ass corny names like The Butcher, The Blade, and The Bunny. The IWC will be going crazy. <laughs> Yo, the community that you so love <laughs> would be going ham, my nigga. Those people would be fucking... Yo, dude, they would be at pit, with pitchforks. Shout out and, to the community. And, and Tiki Lance <laughs> at yeah, the fucking uh, offices of the WWE. <laughs> <laughs> They're there for dual reasons. 
You know what I'm saying? So it's just, it's crazy, man. Like, I, I seen that and I'm just like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, it was pretty whack. I mean, and we, but you know what, though? We got some great matches, though. Because, like, you know, they had Best Friends versus Lucha Bros. I thought it was dope. Yo, shout out to whoever made those fucking hoodies for the Lucha Bros. Them shit was fire, dude. Mm. They look like the... The West Side Gun hoodie when he when he put the fucking um I don't know I don't know how to say that word that European word he just had it all over right. the fucking place it had some shit like that but then it said lucha lucha bros cero miedo like all over the place I thought that shit was fire I love that cero miedo shit yeah that shit is fire cero miedo yeah that shit is fire that shit is fire I mean he got fucking this nigga from the 49ers doing that shit uh oh, tight end oh what's um, his name Kittle? Kittle, yeah, right? he's a fan, dude. Oh shit! At man. one of the press conferences, he had a fucking Pentagon hoodie ah, on. Ah, that's fire. That's See? fire. I like that. Wrestling is everywhere. I like that. Another thing, um, they gave us another Pack and Kenny Omega match. Like me, I don't care what matches are put together without a story. Because, like, to be honest with you, how how many stories? Like, you can't. All matches can't have a story. You know what I'm saying? Like, sometimes you just have to tell the story in the ring with the match. Okay. You know, especially if you already have history with the person that you're wrestling. You know what I'm saying? Kenny Omega is just avenging a loss. Because yeah. he feels like the loss he had to pack was just the start of the down spiral of what's been going on the past couple of months in his career. So he had to avenge that loss in order to get back in, in his winning ways. And right. he did that. I thought that was cool. A lot of people was like, yo, this match was thrown together. I don't know what the fuck's going on. What you mean you don't know what the fuck's going on? Just go back and look, go back and watch what was going on before. It was you know what I'm match. saying? Like certain matches have that type of appeal. Like if any, like if out of nowhere, John Cena comes back and he's like, yo, I want to face Randy Orton. There's so much fucking history there. You know, title matches, everything. Oh, I got to avenge this. Da, da, da. All right, cool. Let's see what happens. Like, it's just certain matches that have that type of mystique into it already. Yeah. I feel like not every fucking match I have a story. That's all I wanted to say about that shit. No, I get, and I get that point. I you know get what I'm that saying? point. Sometimes, like, if it's a good match, it's a good match. You don't need a storyline. Exactly. But sometimes, you know, when it's a belt involved, when... Oh, definitely. Yeah, 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 yeah. When a, when a certain character is building momentum, like, you want them to have better storylines. You want there to be a purpose to what the fuck mm-hmm. is going on, so. Okay. Oh, no, no, there has to be a purpose for that, definitely. For sure. You know what I'm saying? Uh, what do you what you think about the Boricua gift basket? A little bit of the 40. <laughs> it should have been a little <laughs> bit of the Bacardi. <laughs> <laughs> for real. They had the fucking Bustelo in there. Why? They gave him... Adobo. They gave him some fucking bro flip-flops. I, I caught that. Yo, he's like, <laughs> you could dub these as a as a weapon as well. <laughs> for Those are the Abuelas. For the not, yeah. <laughs> the, air, the Air Abuelas, bro. <laughs> for those of you that don't know, chancletas are basically slippers, household slippers. And everybody out there know. There you go. That's a chancleta right there. Right Everybody out there know who's from, you know, I guess like a Hispanic background, Caribbean background. When you were a kid and you got your first whipping, it came through that. Facts. Came through a chancleta. I don't know, man. Definitely that back the, of that chancleta used to hurt. That's all I got to say. Definitely the weapon of choice. <laughs> weapon of for, choice. For our throughout <laughs> the world. <laughs> They gave him a picture of Hector Lavo. I love that. <laughs> I thought they were going to give him and, and Jericho could say, Papa Dios. Yeah. Like that. Like, nah. 
They put the Boricua flag on him and everything. I'm Bro, they put the Boricua bandana on him. Yo, they would have gave him a Fania All-Star album. <laughs> that that shit would have just put it right yeah, on top. They're having fun with it, though. Nah, that was awesome. That was a, yo, shout out to LAX, man. It's so fucking great to see these niggas on a platform like and, this. And these dudes, is, uh, this dude Jericho is selling a little bit of the bubbly champagne. Yeah. Right? Yo, For a limited time only. Smart, bro. Yeah. Smart. Hopefully, smart. Secret Santa, gifts, whatever. Hopefully, I get something like that. Are you even doing Secret Santa? This nah, year, bro? fuck that shit, bro. I had too many, too many downfalls with that one. I'm good. $150 worth of t-shirts? <laughs> all the fucking socks. But it's all good. Yeah, I feel you. <laughs> that shit just brought down the whole mood. Of Word. I was about t-shirts and socks. Like, yo... Who the fuck gives the grand... Speaking of abuelas, that is the abuela gift. That's the abuela gift. She'll give you... Socks and t-shirts. Not even t-shirts, undershirts. Yeah, those were undershirts. (laughs) You could have went to ProWrestlingTea.com, looked up the 2020 podcast store, and purchased a couple t-shirts for you. (laughs) Word. At least I could have gave those out. But anyways. (laughs) Yo, shout out to Virgil, bro. Virgil hosted the whole event. What was his name? Soul Train. Soul Train. That was his name before being named Virgil. That's what I like about it because Virgil is just going around the industry being the punching bag for everybody. Like when he went back to W when he went to WCW, they called him Vincent as like a jab to uh Vince McMahon. Mm. But he was called Virgil in WWE as a jab to Dusty Rhodes because that's Dusty Rhodes' first name, Virgil. Oh, shit, no way. Yeah, and, you know, he was the head booker at the time and shit at WCW when all that was happening. Interesting. Now, they're calling him Soul Train Jones. You know what I'm saying? He's just like a fucking joke. He's a walking joke, bro. The sauce. <laughs> the meat sauce. <laughs> My son is all about the meat sauce, yo. And Olive Garden breadsticks. <laughs> Them shits ain't even all that, to be honest with Yo, you. Yo, his Instagram captions, bro, are like... <laughs> I know he's just out there. He's just be doing the most. Like, he'd be like, yeah, it was supposed to be me, Hulk Hogan, and Andre the Giant in a triple threat match in WrestleMania 3, but uh, it didn't happen that way. <laughs> like, uh, Mind you, he probably wasn't even there yet. Jesus, Lord. Fucking guy, man. This dude is living in a fucking fantasy. He definitely is. He's living in a fantasy. And you know what? He's living his best life. For sure. He's living his best life. Uh, Yo, talking about Keith. Damn, we just keep talking about Keith Lee, but he's all over the place. We're going to get to that. But before we do that, I wanted to bring this up about AEW. Joey Janela put out a tweet Mm. talking about his, uh, I guess you could say, like, you know, his fucking displeasure with the company at the moment because he's always losing and they're like really like fucking up the 14 years he's he's been doing in the indies, like all all the momentum that he's garnered and shit. And he said for them niggas to pick up the phone. Now, they're saying this is all a work. Nah. They're saying that this is all a work and this is gonna work into the next segment he's doing with the company. Mm. I don't know, because this kind of hits it's hard for him because that's all he's really been doing is losing. When you look at that overall record, I think he's like probably like one and seven and shit. Like, and he's getting he's getting kicked out of fucking uh, battle royals like it's nothing. Oh yeah, and that that fucking ring shit is retarded. Anyways, um, <clears throat> you know what? It being a work can work only because this just it seems this is what everybody does. 
they get displeased with their situation. They take it to the socials. They start complaining. They start crying. They start calling people out. So to work that angle into it, if it is a work, would be fucking genius. Hopefully, like, you know, I'm not hopefully, but maybe he'll go harder and talk more shit. I don't know, you know, if he said anything since saying that. But if it is a work, I can't see it working. Now, if it isn't a work, here we go again with these fucking wrestlers that are displeased with their situation, crying on social media. Yeah. And not for nothing, Joey Janela, you know, he had a, he 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 did have a run on the indie scene. I mean, we even went to Joey Janela Skates from New York. Yeah. And I thought he was dope. That show's fire. It was fire. And yeah, since he's been in AEW, it's kind of been like, what do we do with him? Or, you know, where is he going? Like, honestly, this happens to a lot of wrestlers. Mm-hmm. You got to work through it. Like, that's my whole shit. Like, you're here to work. There's work. Like, all of a sudden, you don't get your way and you want to go to social media and start fucking crying for attention. That shit is so corny. That shit is beyond corny. That shit is beyond corny. corny. But then, it's like, not everybody can fucking win, though. You know what I'm saying? Not everybody can win. There has to be... And I, I think people tend to forget this about pro wrestling. You know, what we watching on TV is like, yo, not everybody could be a champ. Not everybody could be a champ in the mid card and of course not everybody's going to be a jobber but you know what there has to be placement for all that shit Word. it has to be placement for all that and you just got to take it in stride and do what you got to do if you want to if you want to like gain some type of momentum and shoot shoot up the rankings then do something different be something different you came into this shit with the same the same attitude the same fucking character and all that bullshit some of these niggas have been really evolving like MJF, he's just the same nigga he was in the indies, but it works. It works because he garners that crazy heel heat from the crowd. They just absolutely love to hate this nigga. Yeah, he had a good match too. On, uh, yeah, with Adam Page. Yeah, yeah, but for a fucking ring, and and the price of that ring went up every fucking week, bro. This shit went from fifteen to forty five thousand. What they added extra diamonds? What the fuck is going on? Yeah, whose ring is that? That the the, the it's his now. But what was like? Where where did that whole ring come from? Because they he I him, saw when him and Adam him. <laughs> I, like DDPY. Just, I like how they're just calling him DDPY now. Like on the he's, low. he's yoga. He's Mister Yoga, bro. But like they had the the battle royal to see who are going to be the last two left in order to fight for the dynamite diamond ring. Mm, okay, my nigga, why 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 wasn't it just that for a mid card title? Why not present a mid? You can't just have the world title, tag titles, the woman title, and then what are you doing with the mid card? You're gonna you're gonna bounce around a ring. I said it was like forty four thousand. It went from fifteen to twenty five to forty three to forty five. Fuck out of here, bro. Fuck yeah. out of here. <clears throat> that was pretty nasty. But yeah. Just real quick to get back to Janela, just. My man's just keep working. Stop fucking Do your thing, bro. Stop Do your fucking talking. thing. Like, trust me, you're in a position that a lot of wrestlers want to be in. And not for nothing, I, I don't... And tell me if I'm wrong. I keep hearing that the way that the storylines and the booking is done at AEW is different than in WWE and, yeah. and anywhere else where... 
the rate the wrestlers have more creative control they're able to input more so it's like what are you inputting what is he doing like what is it that he's trying to do that they're rejecting you know what i'm saying like because that i guess that's what it has to be like what are you doing that that's making them not fuck with you because honestly when you first came when this shit first started you was one of the people one of the wrestlers that they showcased exactly one of the wrestlers that they was hyping up so something had to have gone on in between commercials to all of a sudden where he he's starting out as one of their top guys to where he is right now and or maybe yeah, something, that shit with different. Enzo maybe that's just the type of character he is the type of person he is that little beefy at with Enzo and shit like that maybe like shit like that is just taking away yeah he's known but he's known to troll he's known to troll troll whatever I'm just saying like just just like the antics and the bullshit maybe a lot of that shit is going on behind the scenes that's making them not fuck with you and honestly you running straight to fucking Twitter to talk about it just goes to show what type of fucking person you are what type of how, how you how you see your career and how you fucking like man and yo Janela man you changed, man. You changed. Yo, Enzo fucked up his whole shit, bro. Yo, ever since that beef with Enzo, my son has been... <laughs> he hasn't been the same nigga, bro. He hasn't Dude. been the same nigga, bro. Looking silly out there. Uh, no, you ran away from Enzo. Yo, speaking of Enzo real quick, I was watching um, his... He had like an interview. I don't even know who the interview was with, but the shit was like over an hour long. It just came out. It came out last week. First of all, my first observation was what even made me start to watch it was it came out last week and that shit is just like right under 200,000 views. Yeah. So I'm like, the fuck? Like, was Enzo that popping? Hell yeah. My nigga, he has over a million people following him on fucking Instagram, bro. Bro, I did not. He was, yo, when he was in WWE, he was big. I'm not even, I'm not even gonna, you know, sugarcoat it. If niggas want to hate on him because he wasn't as capable in the ring as others, don't, bro. Don't hate on that shit. He was everything Hulk Hogan was. Like, and the re- I'm not comparing him to Hulk Hogan. I'm not comparing him to Hulk Hogan. What I mean about that is he was all show. He was a showman with minimal in-ring work. You know what I'm saying? And he knew how to gel it in together and make it look like money. And that's what the fuck wrestling is about, bro. And make it look like money. Now, if you're great in the ring, but a showman, that's when you're fucking made forever. And you know what? You know what I'm saying? And, you know, that being your your perspective of, of Enzo... During during the interview, they asked him. They was like, "Yo, so who's like who's your top? Who you think is the top performer right now in wrestling?" And he was like, "Honestly, like you're asking the wrong person because to me, it's all about crowd reaction." Yeah, right. Yeah. So it's like it's it doesn't matter. You could do all these flip moves or do whatever. It's all about crowd reaction. And he was like, that was something that people didn't really like about him because he was like, he was talking about how like one time he was eating like pizza right before he went outside and he's just like the the dude he's wrestling is doing push-ups and shit trying to get hype and this dude is like finishing a slice of pizza <laughs> like yo yo good match uh, see you out there whatever watch this pop and then steps out and then obviously everybody goes crazy whatever but honestly again you know being a noob i missed his run yeah 
And every time, like, because, you know, he talked about the whole shit he did when he went to Survivor Series and, like, when he jumped over the barricade at MSG. Like, he talked about all that shit, too. So it's like, that was really, like, I remember hearing about Enzo, but when I started hearing about him again, I started hearing about him in that light. And he wasn't looking. He wasn't looking good in the light. He was looking funny in the light. Yeah. Because everybody was trying to say like he was trying too hard to get on, and he was doing this, that, and the third, whatever, whatever, whatever. But hearing him talk about it, hearing him actually explain what it, uh, explain it, it gave me like uh, a new respect for Enzo. Now, let me let me show you this. They were big in NXT. This is where they start. They started at NXT, right? Yeah, yeah. He talked about that. When they debuted on the main roster, now mind you, yo, they were fucking so over in NXT. And when he comes out with the mic, my name is Enzo Mori, and this is Big Cat. Yo, dude, the fucking crowd recited his shit word for word. Hold on, bro. You're going to play it? I, I got to play this for you because you say you're the new. Okay. You haven't seen this. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I want you to hear... The reaction of the crowd. I'm saying, 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 i am this is Enzo and Cats. They've been called the most popular tag team in NXT. And if you haven't got a sample of them, you're in for Well, some would say you're in for a treat. Yeah, they're loud, they're fast, they're definitely not politically correct. This is huge. You hear the how you doing check the size of Cats. the hair on Enzo. Yeah. Now, what a night this is, man. It's great. Everybody's saying this catchphrase. How you doing? My name is Enzo Amore, and I am a certified G and a bona fide stunt. And you can't teach that. Yo, that's nigga. Yo, you can't take And this right here, this is Big Cass, and he's seven foot tall, and you can't teach that. Bottle boom, realest guys in the room, how you doing? My nigga. That was fire. <laughs> you saw the, the, the two step he did real quick? Bottle boom. <laughs> Muhammad Ali. Yo. But Shuffle. This, this, this is what we grew up loving. Just the fucking theatrics and the fucking... Yeah, that was fine. The over-the-top shit. You know what I'm saying? Of course, fine. it's great to see niggas in the ring going nuts and, you know, doing all these fly moves. But, yo, dude, you have to speak to the crowd, man. That's right. You got to speak to the crowd. I wish you would have handled both of them. I wish they would have handled their stints in WWE a little different. Maybe they would have still been there. But you know they did some shit, rub, rub a lot of the, a lot of people in high in high positions the wrong way, and that's where they at where they at right now. 
Yeah, and he they also brought up Big Cass. Yeah. And they asked him, like, oh, you know, how's Big Cass doing? He's like, you know, right now he's not really, you know, he's like, you can understand. He said something that was pretty insightful. He was like, you know, you may not be able to relate to what somebody's going through, but you can understand. And he was like, right now with Big Cass, you know, I can't relate what he's going through right now. You know what I'm saying? But I understand. Yeah. So, you know, like, he was just basically, like, saying, like, he's not, you know, they're not really fucking with each other. No, but they are. Big like, Cass is going through what he's going nah, through. Nah, yeah, that, that was that was an old interview. Like, right now. No, that was from last week. But they, they were on Jericho's podcast. Together? Yeah. When? Two weeks ago. Okay, well, he must be, like, he must be, like, you know, having his drug issues and shit. Nah, yeah, because he, he's, he's battling with uh, things like mental health issues that he has. And you know he's he's just he's going through the emotions, you know what I'm saying. And from what from what I heard on the Jericho podcast, like them together, like they know exactly what they did wrong and know why they're not part of WWE at the moment. Yeah, like they understand it and they're not hating on it. But like Enzo said, like the person that got me back in the ring right now is Big Cass because I didn't want to do this shit no more. I just wanted to concentrate on music and do me. Where you think he's gonna show up? Next, I don't know. I mean, he got he got a beef with Tama now because supposedly Enzo and Cash was gonna was gonna be part of ROH and New Japan, and since Tama wasn't a part, wasn't feeling that shit, they just like, ah, fuck it, you know, like we're not gonna fuck with you. Yeah, he called he called Tama Tonga the gatekeeper of New Japan. And yeah, he basically blackballed them from from that, and you know he feels like. He basically food off feels, his plate. Yeah, he basically feels like Tom Song is the reason why he's not there. I mean, whether that's what the is. case or not, I would love to see them throw hands. It's going to happen. They're going to run Out, into each other. Outside the ring. He said he would never be on a show that Tom is on, and I feel like that's him just catching like a... Like a quick, uh, you know, wave of the white flag because he already knows. If he's going to run into Tommy, he's going he's gonna to catch the hands, B. I, I I seen this shit personally. Like I don't know if it was a whole fucking um, work they were doing, but my nigga, them and they pops, bro. How cool they were! They were running after niggas at that fucking Bullet Club block party, trying to swing on niggas. Like like they already they they about the action, bro. Hold on, what um, Enzo was there? No, uh, just just with these other guys. Oh, you mean Tama Tama yeah. was about the action? Yeah. Oh no, nah, yeah, they, they yeah. Them niggas, I'll let you know how they feeling in a quick, hot second. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> shout out. Yo, man, shout out to G.O.D., bro. Shout out to the girl as a destiny. Shout out to the OGBC. You know Yo, what I'm saying? Do, do you think Tama Tonga is just going to stay in New Japan? Like, you yeah, know? I mean, he he's, from what I heard, I think like a year or two ago, he signed like a five-year deal with him. It would have been great if him and his brother would come back. I mean, I, well, his brother used to be. Uh, in WWE, but it would have been nice for them for them to go to WWE, and you know, it would have been dope. Be like, it would have been dope seeing them there with Roman, the Usos, like that. You know, that's family right there. At the end of the day, that's all family. Yeah. Why you don't think? I mean, do you think he's not in WWE because of him or because of? WWE? No, I mean just just contract stuff, bro. Like if you just signed a five year deal two years ago, nigga, thirty five already, bro. Yeah, but that's my thing. Why, why sign those kind? Of, why not try? Because to those are the ones throwing. They're probably the only companies throwing the money. 
Or maybe WWE threw him money, he ain't like what they were talking about. Maybe he heard something better on the other side of things. Yeah, dude's a star, man. You know what I'm saying? Just his whole aura is fire, bro. Yeah, dude's a star. His whole aura is fire, man. But uh, another thing I wanted to touch on that has to do with NXT and just WWE as a whole is the whole uh, Mauro Ronaldo, Corey Graves thing that happened. So I seen in the internet, like when I when I looked this up, I didn't know that people were really turned off by the way uh, Maru does his uh, commentating, like his pop culture referencing. Who's turned off about that? Just, just like, the just IWC? like, <laughs> just people, you know, within in Twitter and everything. I'm like, yo, this is ridiculous. Like, are you not understanding his references, or you just think he's doing it a little too much? So like in war games, he yo dude, I don't care what anybody says. Him referencing like Chicago rappers, they're like you know not everybody really knows, unless you like part of that drum sound and shit like that. That remember that drill, that drill, yeah, that drill, that drill movement. Like yo dude, like this nigga's out there. He like he loves hip hop. He's gonna and then him putting it together makes it sound fucking dope. You know what I'm saying? Like the one thing I always I always bring out is how he referenced MF Doom. Like that that's fucking insanity right there, bro. Oh no, yeah, of course. You know what I'm saying? That shit is fucking dope. And then him putting it into the match and his his, his just general genuine excitement of calling the fucking match, bro. I think makes everything better. So then Corey Grace comes out and says, "Oh, I don't know if you guys noticed, but there's a former ROH champion and a WWE Hall of Famer." On commentary, just so you know. And somebody commented on it and said, How many, you know, how many uh Chicago rappers did he reference already? And then Corey Grave answered that. He's like, one too many. I mean, obviously, you don't want somebody that's on your team to be talking about you. Mm-hmm. At the same time, it's pretty known. That um, Morrow has an issue with bipolar, He's bipolar, and depression, and all yeah. that shit. So it's kind of like you're taking unnecessary digs at your fucking partner. Yeah. Which again, it's the stupid age of this fucking social media shit. Like call out culture. Just, yeah, it's call out. And honestly, it's and and I get it. Like people are always just like because I'm reading comments too, and people are like, it's pretty whack that. He's using mental illness as an excuse to do this and a third and whatever. Like, yo, at the end of the day, if we're partners, I'm going to know, especially if it's it's fucking a known situation, but I'm going to know that you're having some sort of issue with mental illness. Yeah. Why the fuck am I going to go on Twitter and shit on you? Honestly, I think it's because Corey Graves is just fucking hating. And I think Corey Graves is pretty good at announcing too. No, he is. He definitely is. And... He issued an apology on his podcast after the belt that he does with WWE. And what he say? And all he says, he's like, yo, it wasn't meant for that. Like, it wasn't. But then again, he also said, like, it was supposed to be in character. Like, his character is a character, like, of a guy that just says stuff to stir up controversy and shit like that. Like, that's his character within WWE. He didn't think that it was going to be taken, you know, all, all crazy like that. But then again, it's like, you're, you're, Comments are going against, like you said, somebody who's who's suffering from mental illness. But my thing is this. If it's that serious, 
what you're dealing with, I feel like this is not the job for a person like that. No, I'm not taking anything away from him. I'm not taking away his, you know, his fucking, um, his gift of calling matches, like, through all, like, UFC, um, Bellator, WWE, all that. He's called all that. And all the matches he's called straight fire just the way he does it. I love Morrow. I love the way he calls matches. I love his referencing in matches. But it's like, on social media, you're gonna, you're always going to get criticism. Always. Like people, like, people criticize what we do here. And sometimes I tell you, I'm like, yo, I can't believe this motherfucker said that shit. And then you're like, yo, relax, bro. Like, this is what they do. And I'm like, yo, you're right. I mean, that's us, though. That's us. But that's somebody the- dealing with that. And then I understand, you know, having a coworker say it, I feel like hurt him a lot more. I think he's been good with dealing with people that he doesn't know saying shit like that. But having a co-worker say it, I feel like really fucked him over. Really fucked him up. I mean, you have to take responsibility for the things you say and how it's interpreted. Yeah. At the end of the day, you said it. Do you, you can go back and apologize, but you already said it. That damage has already been done. Yeah. Yeah, because he didn't even show up for Survivor Series. And he was supposed to call Survivor Series and didn't show up for NXT on Wednesday. And honestly, we can feel looking on the outside in that this is like he's probably blowing it way out of proportion. And he's actually an amazing commenter. So it's like he shouldn't feel discouraged or feel this way. But you don't know what's going on in his head. Exactly. You cannot tell people how to... How to feel and how to react. And that's it. And that's it. So... I just hope he comes back, man, to be honest. I hope he comes back. I hope he stays who he is. I hope he doesn't change. Um, and you know what? If he doesn't want to fuck with this dude, then I'm sure he can go back to doing fucking um, um, UFC and Bellator. UFC, yeah, go back to doing fucking UFC and and Bellator uh, events and commentating there because he was fire on there too. Which is the reason why yo, homie deleted his Twitter, bro. I mean, he's probably like, yo, fuck WWE, fuck this. This shit is corny. This shit is fucking. This is, and this is not the talent. first time. This is not the first time it's happened. Corey Graves, man. You knew better. Fucking alcoholic. You see, you don't like how it feels, right? <laughs> <laughs> he's like, you want a, want a little bit of the bubbly alcoholic? Yeah, we seen you with a drink. <laughs> Wally Mania. <laughs> exactly. We've seen you out there with a drink. If I go to Twitter with that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Us over here, we try to make it into jokes just to like, you know. We're joking. Dilute. We're uh, you know, joking. The seriousness of the conversation. You know, we it shouldn't be all serious. Everybody should just have fun. This is pro wrestling. This is something that we love since kids. Fuck is we don't do, man. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, that's it, really. <laughs> I mean, that's it, really. You know what I'm saying? So, you ain't got anything else? Uh, Song of the Pod. Song of the Pod, man. Yo, I don't know if you heard uh, Griselda with 50. I haven't heard that yet. Yo. All right, so let's It was like that. Power of a Dollar 50. Word? Yeah. On all of them on it, Benny's on it. Yeah. But it was like power of the dollar fifty. Mm. 
And 50 knew he had to go back into his Southside bag real quick. Okay. You All know, right. deliver a quick, you know, ruthless 16. You know what I'm saying? Shout right, out, shout out forward, to Curtis. Looking forward to hearing that. Word, man, word. He really did his thing on that one. But uh, yeah, we got that. Uh, it's a couple other things, but that, that's the only thing that really stuck in my head right now for right now. All right. That's what's sure. up. And this is the 20 by 20 podcast, and this was episode 81. We're your host, Nathan McFly with. Shit, nigga, Woodrow, man. Shout out to the Nation of Domination. And we shout out. out to the wrong crowd, baby. We here. We rapping. I'll see you, Alex. Peace.